This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today we're going to be talking about the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services Elder Law Project and their upcoming conference with Project Director Al Cudarini. Find out uh, who would benefit from attending and also take any of your legal questions concerning rights and protections of the elderly. Hello, Professor Gershon. How are you today? Great, Liz. Good morning. And, uh, you know, one thing, uh, we may have our differences as people around the country, but one thing that's for sure is that uh, at the end of the show, we'll all be an hour older. Hopefully it won't feel like more than that. And so, uh, you know, the issues of elder law are so important to everyone um, and affect every human being. Uh, even if we are not elderly ourselves, we, we know people who are. We have loved ones who are. So it's great to have uh, Al Kuderini here uh, to talk about um, the, his project and the important work they're doing and their upcoming uh, uh, conference. So, Al, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your, the Elder Law Project and how it started? Sure. Um, the Elder Law Project is a, is a special grant that we receive through legal services, um, and it's actually paid for by the six area agencies in the northern half of the state. But it allows me to handle cases for anybody over the age of 60, regardless of income. And that's a big difference from a regular legal services where you, you have to qualify based on your income being within 120% of the poverty guideline. So if you're over the age of 60 and you have a legal issue that we cover, uh, we might be able to take care of that for free. Don't charge for our services at all. It's all paid for by the grant. So how if I I happen to be over 60, so let's say I had an issue. Are there some issues you don't handle? There are, uh, and this goes for regular legal services offices, too. If you have a criminal issue, we we don't handle that. And if you call the hotline, they're going to tell you right away that, that... uh, you need to find a personal attorney or a public defender. If you have a personal injury case, a car accident and a slip and fall, uh, you can get a, a lawyer on contingency fee for that, and, and you're not going to be left out. There's plenty of lawyers to do that. Uh, we do not handle probate actions or class action suits, but that's about all. That's about the only thing that we don't, those four things. Pretty much if you have another issue, we can cover it. So what, what kind of things do you find that people will come to you for, for the most? The majority of uh, my cases are for end-of-life planning documents, wills, power of attorneys, advanced health care directives. But lately we've been getting a lot of um, what we call airship property or quit-claim deeds where there's five or six siblings and the parents have passed away and never had a deed, sometimes two generations deep. Grandparents passed away without a deed, so ten people own a piece of property and they're trying to apply for one of these block grants to get a new roof on the house, but everybody can't agree. Um, so people call us saying that, that I need help getting this house in my name, and if, if all the, the siblings will agree, we can just do a simple quit-claim deed and an airship affidavit and get it taken care of, but it's not always the case. Uh, and a lot of times... 
there's grandchildren involved that moved out of state, so that's become a new issue. But I, I like doing it because there's literally no help. No attorney's going to take those cases and and go through all that work to do it uh, and, and fight it. So um, another thing that we're seeing is nursing home evictions here in Mississippi that we're actually doing a, a presentation in Washington, D.C. in October this year because we've got clients that are uh, being notified that they're going to be removed from a nursing home and they're not given the proper notice. They're literally discharged to unsafe places, sent home where there's no one there to care for them or anything. And it's for simple things like not paying their Medicaid bill. They're not getting along with the staff. They're swearing at a nurse. But if you've ever been in a nursing home with elderly people, uh, that's not unusual. They, they sometimes act uh, in ways that they didn't when they were younger and stuff like that. It's a tough situation. So um, we deal a lot with that lately, and uh, we're trying to get some more cases about that. Well, that's, um, you know, really, that's important. And, and clearly your work involves more than just working with lawyers. You work with social workers and, and psychologists and other other members of the community. And so uh, with the elder law issues especially and with nursing home issues, I'm sure you have to deal with social workers, for example. Yeah, we deal in large part with social workers and ombudsmen because they're the ones who call us for services. Most of the time, the people that they represent um, – they don't have enough capacity or function to call us to know that they're being abused or taken care of. And even when they do have capacity, they don't want to tell on a family member that might be abusing them or causing the problems for fear that that family member is going to withhold services from them. So it's an ombudsman or a social worker that calls us first and says, can you come out and interview the, the client and see what you can do? And that gets the ball rolling. We're talking this morning about the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services and the Elder Law Project with its director, Al Cudarini. Uh, if you have a question concerning the Elder Law Project, the upcoming conference, or any rights or protections for the elderly, we'd love for you to participate in our show. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one Eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You could also send us an email to our address, legal terms at mpbonline.org. Uh, Al, I'm always curious on how people get involved in the work that they do. How did you come to be part of the uh, NMRLS? I was in private practice here right out of law school for about three years in Holly Springs in Oxford. And uh, I actually got kind of, I don't know, disheartened with it. I, I, I didn't like doing, I didn't like asking my clients for money when I knew that they needed help and they couldn't afford to pay for it. And a position came open at Legal Services, the, the call center attorney, which is the hardest, most abused uh, um, position there, I guess, a bottom of the ladder. So I took it and... Then we caught a grant to go to foreclosure, and I'm in heaven. I'm not making big bucks, but I, I literally love going to work every day and helping out people that have no other source of, of um, help coming for them. Yeah, but it's really amazing what North Mississippi Rural Legal Services does. We, we've had them on before. We've had uh, other legal services organizations throughout Mississippi. And uh, these are dedicated people who are not doing it for the money. We're doing it for service, and uh, they they make a difference in people's lives. Now, why don't we 
give everybody your number, too, the phone number that they can call uh, to make sure that they know how to get in touch with you. If you have an issue that you'd like legal services to determine whether we can take care of it or not or whether you qualify for a free attorney, call our hotline at 1-800-498-1804. If you're in the northern half of the state or if you're in the southern half of the state, call that same 800 number. And if you have a 601 area code, it's going to shoot you to the southern program. That's out of Jackson. If you have a 662, it's going to shoot you to our northern office. We cover 40 counties in the northern half, or actually 39 under legal services. Under my grant, I cover Holmes County, too, so I have 40. Um, If you hear something today that you want to ask me personally a question about and you don't want to go through the hotline, I'll give you my desk number. But you're going to have to leave a message and trust that I'm going to get back to you, okay? So my desk number, 662 234 2918 extension 2119 and we'll go ahead and give that information out later in the broadcast also uh, so if, if you didn't have your pen then hang on to the end and we'll repeat both of those numbers we're going to take our first break and we're going to continue our discussion with Al Cuderini with Elder Law Project if you have a question about laws concerning uh and protecting the elderly, please call us 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We'll give you a, a little bit more information about how you can contact the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services after our break. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now, not everyone has a chance to listen to our show live, so if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app. As are all our local shows, you can also find our podcast on whatever platform you use. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services, and they abbreviate that NMRLS, has an intake call center to provide improved access to civil legal services for its client community. The call center currently operates Monday through Thursday from 9.30 to 3.30. And once again, their number is 1-800-498-1804. And uh, Al Cuderini, our our guest, has graciously provided his desk number, and that is 662-234-2918, extension 2119. 
qualified applicants will receive counsel and advice, referral, or an appointment for extended services if needed. And this morning we are talking with our guest, Al Cudarini from the Elder Law Project, which is part of North Mississippi Rural Legal, Legal Services. And one of the reasons we had him on today was because you've got a conference coming up this week. That's right. Tell us about that. Every year we do an annual elder law conference, and this year we planned it as what I'm calling the greatest hits. But throughout the year we do numerous educational outreach programs, and I work with social workers and ombudsmen and other attorneys and and, um, organizations. And they always ask questions, but there's five or six questions that rise to the top. So this year's conference is set up to have six figures to address those most popular six questions. Uh, Veterans benefits, um, guardianship and conservatorship, adult protective services, is Medicaid going to take my house away after I pass, Um, how do we defend against nursing home evictions, and then... uh, advanced health care directives, and what do I need before I go to the hospital? How do I prepare before I go to the hospital with some unforeseen emergency? So those are the six things that we get asked all the time, and we're going to try to answer them this year. You know, Liz, it's, it's been great to watch this program grow, too, because I was telling Al uh, during one of the breaks, uh, they used to do this uh, conference at the law school, but they've outgrown the space. And you expect how many people maybe this year? I'm saying we're at 229 right now, but I think we'll break 250 the day of or, or higher. So it's a great service. And you've got uh, wonderful speakers. Uh, you mentioned um, we were talking about Judge Primo as one of your speakers. He does a blog on uh, on the probate court, the chancery court. Um, and I always tell my students they should read his blog. So I want to give a shout out to him. And what, what is he going to talk about? He's going to talk about this new program called the Gap Act, which he was actually part of the committee that came up with this. And for years, people have been complaining that I think it's too easy to get guardianship or conservatorship over somebody. And we would have clients call in and say, my son got conservatorship over me and he tricked me into going in the hospital. And that was the day of the hearing. And you hear that once and you think that's a little weird. You hear it 10 times from 10 different people and you realize that there's sort of a setup plan for this. And another thing that happens with the guardianship is there's really no accounting after it. Uh, So this new GAP Act is going to make it harder and more fair for the the ward, the person who's trying to get a a conservatorship put over them or um, the person who's about to have a conservatorship put over them. But uh, he's going to talk about that. And then he's got a new kind of innovative approach that I had never heard of where uh, instead of nominating a single person to be a guardian or a conservator, He's suggesting maybe a church or an organization being listed as the conservator, and then they sort of cycle people in and out because the burnout is great when you're taking care of somebody with dementia, Alzheimer's, um, some physical disabilities. So uh, instead of changing to a new guardianship or conservatorship every year, having to go back to court and do that because the person, maybe they got old themselves, but from what we've seen, the caretaker wears out faster than the person with actual illness. Uh, so he's going to talk about that. That's great. And we actually um, had a previous show on the, the New Gap Act to talk a little bit about that. And you mentioned Ayers Property. We've, we've done some things about that so people can uh, listen to those podcasts as well. But, uh, you know, other issues, I, veterans' issues uh, with the elderly, we don't really think so much about those. What kind of questions do you get about 
veterans issues. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm scared to death of the veterans issues because there's so many of them. And I just don't I'm not a veteran. I don't know about it. Uh, last year, while teaching the elder law clinic where law students actually come to legal services and they, they work on elder law cases, we had a speaker, Jim Garrett, here from Oxford. He's an attorney here in Oxford. He's actually a disabled veteran. And from seeing how hard his own case was for him to get his benefits, he decided to start teaching about this. And I believe this fall he's got a clinic going for veterans' benefits. So he came and did a presentation, and I was like, I need this guy. Every question that we get asked, how do I get my benefits? What, ha- what is my appeal process? Do I need to use a certain attorney? Uh, how, how do I get the ball rolling filling out the papers? Are you allowed to help me fill out the papers? I didn't know any of that. Jim walked us through it and said, you know, here's what I do. If you have an attorney, it's going to make it a million times easier because once you file on your own, you're almost set up to fail. And you really need someone to walk you through it. So Jim's going to talk about all that stuff. And, and um, hopefully when the clinic gets set up, they'll be able to start taking cases for people because we get calls all the time. We have one certified attorney on our staff. She can't handle them all. We could use all the help possible to to. Uh, and, the, and veterans have issues that cover all things, not just a disability, but uh, housing, insurance, benefits, spouses. I mean, there's just so many things that that touches that you really need someone who specifically practices in the, and, and Jim's the guy. We're talking this morning with our guest, Al Cudarini from the Elder Law Project, part of the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services. If you have a question about the conference or about laws concerning the elderly, which is over 60 years old, according to their website, we'd love for you to give us a call and be part of this conversation. Our number is one 877 mpb ring That's one 877 7464. Our email address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Al, this sounds like a, a fantastic conference. Who are the t- sorts of people who are uh, attending or who should attend? The conference is open to the public, and um, we do anticipate that the majority of the people there, 75% of the people there, will be social workers, ombudsmen, uh, or some administrator in healthcare. And they come because they get CE credits for doing it. And uh, these topics, they approach each of these topics every day. They, they have to deal with this stuff. The other 25% is going to be attorneys and law students that just heard about it and want to stop in and, and hear it. And this year, it's, we seem to have a lot of just the general public signing up because uh, when you sign up, we ask you to list your bar number or your social work number, but a lot of people are just leaving that blank. So I figure they're just people that, that maybe are taking care of an elderly parent or are worried about these things themselves. So uh, it is open to everybody. You don't have to stick around for the whole eight hours. You can come in for the one one hour presentation you want to hear and leave. But the majority is going to be social workers and then attorneys. And uh, that conference is going to be at the Oxford Conference Center. It and, is. And it starts at 830 this coming Friday. This Friday, 830. The actual presentations will start at 9 o'clock. And I've heard that they fixed Sisk Avenue now. So you can take it right to the conference center, and uh, I believe it's a polling place today, too. So uh, thankfully it's open. And uh, there are two uh, schools along that path, too. So I know parents who are going to be taking their their children to school, the public schools, they're happy to have Sisk Avenue back open again, too. Um, One of the issues you mentioned before was Medicaid, and 
there's something called Medicaid clawback, where yeah. you know people don't realize that if you've gotten benefits from Medicaid during your lifetime, it's possible the state may take some of those back at death. And you've got a speaker, Rick Courtney, is one of the people talking about that and others as well. Yeah, we always get asked the question, and it's it's always from the family's point of view of how do we save the house from Medicaid? And, and what they're saying is that we want my mother and my father to qualify for Medicaid, but we don't want them to lose their house. And they think that the house is going to count as an asset against them. And the house is an exempt asset. So I want to state that now. If you have more than one home, you have a vacation home and stuff like that, you can only have one residence. The rest of them are, are um, recreational properties. So, But you can have life estates in all the other properties, and that's another benefit that you could do. But I'm worried what we see happening with clients is that they convince their parents that they need to quit claim the property to the kids to avoid Medicaid. And we, we brought out Thea Gates. She's the woman from the Department of Medicaid. She's actually in charge of this. She's the one who runs the estate recovery program. And the first thing she's going to say is, I don't want your house. You know, Medicaid does not want your mom's house. They, they want that to go to the family. That She's going to go through the exceptions as to um, the law states that Medicaid has to do this estate recovery. They have to claw it back. And they were very lenient, and I forget how many years ago they changed it to where the law specifically says now they have to do it. But there's still exemptions, and there's case law that says that the family home goes to the family. It doesn't go to the state to be sold to repay the money. So. Uh, rather than get yourself in trouble and, and maybe punish your parent because they have to, to serve a penalty for that, that period, uh, you know, it's like $6,000 a month for every month that they should have been receiving benefits. Come listen to this and do it the right way. Listen to, to Ms. Gates tell you that she's not going to take your house. And if you are fortunate to have more assets and, and large accounts, come listen to Rick Courtney tell you, here's the way to do it properly so that it doesn't come back on you and hurt your family or your kids, things like that. Exactly. It's really, Medicaid is very complicated, but it's a real, it's a benefit that's there to help uh, people who are not only in poverty, but people with special needs, and Rick Courtney's talked about that before, and, uh, and so there are planning ways to do it that are legal, that are actually the government provides us yeah. to help us do it the right way. Yeah, everything that we're going to talk about in the conference is illegal to do. Medicaid isn't a punishment or anything like that. It's, it's a safety for uh, people that have no other option at the time, and there's legal ways to protect yourself for that. So Rick's going to talk about We could spend whole episodes talking about how to do that, but Rick's the guy coming and see his presentation. Al, uh, looking at the list of things at the conference, I'm, I'm jealous that you're going to have someone from the Attorney General's office to talk about cyber crimes against the elderly. I've uh, got a call in for them to try to get a speaker for our the previous show uh, this morning, Money Talks, to talk about how to keep your money safe and, and, and crimes against elderly for fraud and uh, phishing scams. I'm, I'm glad that will be something that's uh, t- covered at the top at the conference. They're actually going to have a booth at the conference to display the information. They put on a great presentation because obviously they get reported the scams all the time, but the, the elderly are targeted like crazy. Uh, one scam gets figured out one week, and the next week they're doing something else. And they have all these IRS scams and fake cash this check and send me money back and things like that. But uh, one thing I want to point out from the, the 
cyber crimes is one thing, but everyone's looking out the door um, that there's someone going to come and take my money. And sometimes it happens from your own family within. So we want to talk about how to protect against that. And the, the rest of the AG's office will talk about that. Uh, but the cybercrime unit will actually have a booth there. I'm not sure who the speaker is because it is tough to get the name of the people when they come. But we've got maybe eight people coming from the attorney general's office, all the investigators, you know, right down to the, the actual adult protective services people that go out in the field and do it, and then the attorneys that prosecute them. So it should be a good presentation. All right, and we have a phone call waiting, so we're going to go to Stephanie, who's calling in from Texas. We're glad you're part of our show today, Stephanie. Thanks for Thank calling in so doing legal terms. Hi, Professor Gershon. Hi, Mr. Cuterini. Good to hear from y'all. Y'all are doing a great job. Thank you, Stephanie. Uh, I just wanted to uh, make sure Mr. Cuterini emphasized the uh, importance of social workers attending this conference because we collaborate with them on a daily basis. And the information they get from these outreaches and these conferences that we do, uh, it arms them. And because they're on the front lines, they're sometimes the only person these older adults see every day. They're sometimes the only source of outside information for the, the older adult or for their caregivers or their, their children. And we've had countless times that the social workers are the one who recognize the abusive situation or the exploitation. And then they're the ones who contact us to get uh, the power of attorney revoked if necessary or to, to drag us in. And, and they've said countless times that it's because they've heard this man speak, Mr. Cuterini. And uh, I just, if Mr. Cuterini could emphasize that with maybe some stories of some old war stories from some things we've experienced, maybe. Stephanie Gobert, thank you for calling in, and uh, I hope that you're safe down there in Texas, and I look forward to seeing you for this conference. I know you'll be back. Yes, Anytime sir. we've been on this show for the last two years, I think Stephanie has been with us. She was a volunteer law student with us, uh, and she just took the bar in July, waiting for her results now, but I hope that she will be back permanently at Legal Services. And uh, she did bring up a good point that I left out is the majority of our calls are the social workers. And sometimes these seniors are isolated uh, from their own family or they're in rural areas where we can't really go out to see them uh, all the time or as much as we should. And the social workers are the ones who contact us because they do have to visit them and do check-ins. And they tell us what's going on. And they can give us some behind the scenes about the family members and things like that that they notice. So, uh, um if you are a social worker, this conference will show you how to identify these things and what we can do about them, because there's nothing worse than seeing someone in need, but you don't know how to give them help or where to send them. And before they call us, it's too late. They've already been evicted from a nursing home or they've already signed over papers to their kids. Uh, if they call us in time, we can stop it. We can save the money from going out and we can correct the issues that, that uh, the person was trying to get done the first time. All right. And we're talking with Al Cuderini from the Elder Law Project about their upcoming conference. Please give us a call if you have a question or you would like to participate. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 
672-7464. You could also send us an email, legalterms at mpbonline.org. What if you don't live in North Mississippi? What are your legal services for low-income individuals elsewhere in the state? We'll tell you when we come back from this break. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to In in Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert, and we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast. Now, there are many different podcasting platforms. I downloaded one to my phone. It had a place where I could touch a plus that took me to a page to search for podcasts. I just typed in In Legal Terms in the search area, and it brought up this In Legal Terms. I was able to touch our photo, then subscribe, and then I'm notified with any new episodes are loaded up. Now, if you don't live in North Mississippi, to contact Mississippi Legal Services. Uh, If you or someone you know needs assistance in finding resources, including general information, knowing your rights, the law and the courts or legal forms, you can call. It's the same number statewide. It directs you to the appropriate center. The number is one 800 498-1804, and there's also an online intake for Mississippi Legal Services. This morning, we're talking about legal services for low-income individuals and for the elderly with our guest, Al Cuderini, who's director of the Elder Law Project. We've mentioned that on Friday the 9th, which is this coming Friday, at the Oxford Conference Center beginning at 8.30, is their... Uh, Elder Law Conference, which has many different topics to be covered, veterans law, cyber crimes against the elderly, guardianship laws, adult protective services. It's for attorneys. It's great for social workers or for anyone who has an elder or is an elder and would like to be uh, better informed. So you can now... uh, Mr. Cuderini, can you can you just show up? Can you uh, get there at eight thirty and register? How if how can you let them know that you're coming? You can register the the uh, day of the event. I encourage you to go online and register either through our website nmrls.com, and then you'll see a link for the Elder Law Conference on the front page, or you can go to eventbrite.com, and that's b r i t e. Uh, eventbrite.com look for the Friday the 9th and it will show you things going on in Oxford and you can register from the conference from there but we'll have a table set up for people that haven't registered and want to come that day if you want to get the credit the CLE credit or the continuing education as a social worker you have to pay $200 for an attorney 25 for the social worker if you don't want that and you just want to show up and listen to some things just sign up so we know how many people uh, come and you'll be able to attend whatever one you want to, no charge. 
Fantastic. And we will have links to all of these information on this show's page. We have a call to go to. Let's go to TJ, who's calling in. TJ, thanks so much for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Yes, we're happy you're with us. Okay, I'm concerned uh, about the limitation of the service. Do you deal with oil and gas, uh, maybe malpractice? Do you deal with any of those Mr. Kunarini, did you hear TJ asked if you dealt with oil and gas or if, with uh, malpractice? I don't put, I particularly deal with oil and gas rights. It hasn't come up uh, but it doesn't mean that we want to do it. It depends on what the issue is with the oil and gas rights. If maybe they, were, uh, a lot of people think that they were taken away and somebody stole them from their grandparents and they might have them, I'd be glad to talk about it if you give me a call at that number that we mentioned on the program. And the second issue was what? Malpractice. Malpractice. That's a tough one. I don't think any attorney wants to talk about uh, malpractice against another attorney and that's that's not something that legal services would take care of but if you feel that you've been a victim of it maybe you might want to talk to a private attorney about it and that's something do you have a home located in that area nearest office downtown well for macomb uh the the phone number would be for the statewide number it would be one eight hundred four nine eight one eight oh four and that's a statewide number and whatever number you're calling in from you would they will direct you to the appropriate center thank you so much for calling in tj and one thing uh tj that possible you know when you talk about complaints against lawyers we've we've had uh, our friends from the mississippi bar on as well to talk about uh, you know, that may be a good place to start as well. Maybe they can give you a reference. Um, but, uh, you know, good luck with your, your issues. And, uh, you know, speak, speaking of that, okay, I'm glad he made that call because along with the Elder Law Project, which is what you direct, North Mississippi Rural Legal Services does a lot of different things. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the other things that, that the, the organization does? Well, we have four offices right now, one in Oxford, one in West Point, one in Clarksdale, and one in Greenville. They each house a managing attorney and a staff attorney, and uh, they handle just what we would say, you know, threshold law. Anything that walks across the door that's not criminal or personal injury or probate uh, or class action, they're going to handle it. Uh, if you qualify within the income guideline. We also have special grants. We have a tax department that allows us to uh, challenge the IRS when they say you owe $8,000 in back taxes. Or, I mean, we have people owing $100,000 in back tax. They never knew their business had to pay taxes and things like that. Uh, so we've got an attorney that works on that. There's tax court once a year in Jackson. He has a whole year to prepare and get down there to defend your case. So I think that's like people don't think of us for those types of services like that. Uh, we have two domestic violence grants, one for this Oxford area and, and the counties on the eastern side, and then one for the Delta area on the western side. And, and that's no age requirements at all. And that's one that even if you're an illegal alien, which we're not supposed to give services to, if it's an emergency domestic violence, we can take those cases. So I, I think that's another hidden issue that 
is out there. I'm sorry that it's so rampant here in Mississippi, uh, but it, it just, you know, the government has finally stepped up and provided some funding to try to help with that because it's tough to go through on your own and go to a clerk and get a restraining order and all that, to, you know, let our attorneys handle that. Right. We were talking during the break about how uh, this is the first time in nine years that legal services nationwide have gotten an increase in their budgets. Uh, there have been some rhetoric uh, uh, from the president that you know he, he wanted to cut legal services completely, and I think it's really important that people understand how much uh, services are given to the people of the state through organizations like yours. I, I was encouraged by that. At first, I, I was terrified when he said that because I... I I really feel he didn't, this is the president, didn't have an understanding of what we do and what we accomplish. But thankfully, Congress, the legislature, they knew, and they actually increased the funds to us, which probably wasn't going to happen if not for that type of rhetoric that made people push back and say, you have no idea the good, you know, the cost, if we didn't do this, is going to be greater than give for every dollar we turn it into eight dollars in services for the people so the cost to the community to the government is going to be much higher dealing with these issues than paying us a a penny to do these things so i'm glad it increased too and i think that uh justice waller understands what we do has been a great supporter and I, i don't think that we're going to face the same issues uh again with his support so yeah, it's an economic issue. It really is. I mean, things like disaster relief. You work with disaster relief, and you think about uh, people who need that triage, that legal triage, at a time when a hurricane hits or a flood, and uh, and legal services is there to help them with their legal issues. Yeah, you you don't know what to do with your landlord tenant issue when your house just got flooded out, or uh, your landlord tells you he's not going to repair it. You have no other place to go. You don't have a way to cash your checks anymore. Things like like we could take care of all that stuff. Not many people have been through numerous disasters that they know what to do, but we have people trained in that to, to walk you through it. All right, and uh, we just got an email. Let me let me see. Let me pull this up. Liz sent this to me. And, um, ex- explain to me why school systems are now requiring grandparents to have guardianships over children just to enroll them in school. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's a huge issue. Uh, and it's been going on since I started at Legal Services nine years ago. It, it used to be that the grandparent could go to the school office and say that the child is staying with me, and that would be it. That would, we just assumed that that's what was happening. And we know that uh, there's times where kids are raised by their grandparents instead because their parents are in a hard way or something like that. But that opens the door to the school being punished when someone checks the student out that never had custody, never had guardianship over the child, it, it, it puts them at a disadvantage where they could get sued if something happened. And it happened. That's what, that's, you know, what caused the issue. So we get calls in August. You know, it'd be nice if we got calls in June or July, but they don't learn about it till they try to enroll the child in August. And we get panic calls. And we could take care of it with a simple letter to the school stating that we are working with the client uh, to get guardianship or, you know, custody of the child, and the school will let them in temporarily, but they can't let it go forever. 
unfortunately, most of our clients, as soon as it's temporary, they just don't come back. Uh, and then next August, the school purges the role and they have to do it again. But you have to show that you have some reason to have that child, either through custody or you have some right to have the child over the natural parent. Because the law presumes that the kids should be with the natural parents. So you want to make sure that that gets recorded so that you're able to take them to the doctor, uh, that you're able to uh, bring them into school, enroll them in sports, things like that. So. Uh, if you have that issue or you think that you might have that issue, call us. It's fairly quick. You know, within one week we can get the kid into school. Uh, nobody wants a child to miss school or anything like that. But there's a bigger issue where we've got to figure out why do you have the child and not the parents and are they willing to give it over to you and stuff like that. So. All right. We only have a few more minutes left in our show. We hope you'll call in with your questions. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could also send us an email, legalterms at mpbonline.org. And how can you support the North Rural Mississippi Legal Services or Mississippi Legal Services? We'll tell you after the break. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. It's also available as a podcast. I'm Liz Gill, here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. And if you would like to support the work of the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services or the Mississippi Center for Legal Services, you can contribute on their webpage. You can go to nmrls.com, and we'll have a link to that on our page for this show. We've been talking with the director of Elder Law Project, part of NMRLS, Al Cuderini, an attorney in the Oxford area. He's talked about the conference that's going to be on Friday, the Elder Law Conference on Friday, August 9th in Oxford at the Oxford Conference Center at 8.30. It's free for any who want to attend. So if there are any social workers or family members or elderly who would like uh, to spend an eight-hour day or to uh, listen to a few of the speakers. Their speaker lineup is listed on their website, which will also be listed on the, our website. But if you are interested in getting continuing education credits for it, there is a charge. So if you could go to the website for the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services nmrls.com you can go ahead and register to be part of the conference and professor gershon loves this organization because they work with the law students 
great opportunity for our students. Um, Stephanie was one of them who called in before. Stephanie Gobert, a wonderful student, and now going to be a wonderful member of our profession. Um, you know, our students learn by doing and by, by having a chance to practice, and we have a lot of clinics uh, at our law school that we're proud of, and one of them is our association with the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services and including the Elder Law Project. And you, you can, do you have, will you have students again this fall? We will. Um, I know there's four students signed up for the Elder Law Clinic class. I'm hoping that we have some from, I think we have three coming from Hans Sinha's uh, externship class. And then we have numerous paralegals and, and volunteers coming in. But if you're out there right now and you don't have something lined up, like some type of uh, job or externship or internship uh, lined up for your next semester in law school or undergrad, stop by Legal Services and just see what we do and, and where you could fit in and what you might be interested in doing. I think that nobody comes to Legal Services saying, I want to work with old people and stuff like that. And then they see what we do, and it changes their mind. I mean, it really blows their mind as to the little things that we can do to help people out that make, like, generational differences for people. Uh, and I always, you know, I, Stephanie got an extra year of law school from all the stuff that she learned at Legal Services. We had another student, Grace Sullivan, uh, who worked with our uh, Oxford attorney, Minnie Howard. I got in, I get in early every day, and... I don't want to say I'm the last one out. At 5.01, I'm out of the office. But Grace was there every day. When I was there, she was there. And when I left, she was still there. And uh, she was a phenomenal student. Worked her butt off there. So we're looking for people like that. But if you, if you uh, are a student and you think, maybe I'm interested in this or maybe I'm going to go do insurance defense, you're going to go to the dark side, come and spend a semester with us and, and do some good in the world. Well, and most, most students will tell you that their best experience in law school was either a clinic or their time with moot court or uh, doing mock trial. And so it's you know, being able to take the things that they've learned in law school and apply them and to help people in real life at, at, at a clinic like yours is really, really important. You have to do a clinic, even if it's not ours. Is it a requirement that they do a clinic? Or? There is a, a skills requirement, and in fact, the American Bar Association has that skills requirement. We have to have seats available so that any student who wants to do a clinic could do a clinic or an externship. We have more than plenty. We have, uh, you know, we've had our Innocence Project on, and we've had the MacArthur oh, yeah. Justice yeah. Clinic, and, and of course the, the great work that y'all are doing. So you have a housing clinic. I know we work with housing clinic cases. Like we cross cases sometimes. They call us for help, and we send them uh, to them. So Absolutely. that's another, you know, option open to people in the public that need help that maybe not qualify for legal services. Call the law school and see if a clinic can help out. Desiree Hensley has been on the show, and Donna Davis, who runs our tax clinic, has yep. been on the show. So we're we're a good resource for uh, people in our community. We're trying to, uh, you know, our students are learning about giving back. Exactly. So now, what? Um, how are those students trained? By the way, when they come to you, they're thrown to the wolves. That's what they say every semester, and I I promise them next year I'm not going to do that. But it really is the best way. I mean, we, you get a, a orientation as to here's what we do and what confidentiality means and all that and how you have to handle cases. But pretty much you're given a client's name and a list of questions to go ask them and go open the case. And, and you're never going to ask all the right questions the first time. You just can't anticipate the secondary questions. But by the end of the semester, the end of the term, you'll know all of those. You won't have to come back to your attorney and say, well, what about this and what about this? You will know them by doing. You will learn how to do this. And it starts with the interview with the client. 
the better job you can do interviewing the client, you're going to save so many hours later on. You don't want to keep calling them back and having to do it. So you interview the client, then you start researching the law, and you start researching what are we going to do for this person? How are we going to help them? Who do I need to contact? What can I do? And if you're sworn in for limited practice, you'll go represent them in court. <laughs> you know, I mean, everyone's terrified of doing that, but you got to start somewhere. Some of these little justice court cases or eviction cases or even these administrative hearings that we have when they're trying to throw someone out of a, a nursing home, these are great places to start. The judge is for you. The, you know, uh, everyone's trying to help you, and, and this is where you get your training wheels on and, and you learn how to do it. So. And and you'll hate it at first. You'll be scared and you'll be nervous, and then you'll look back and laugh at what were you scared of? This is that's law. That's that's how you do it. So that's what we can offer you. That's well, a great training experience. I always say a lot of uh, the courses that we teach in law school are like learning the rules of monopoly without ever having seen the board. And you're showing them the board. You're showing them how to play the game in, in, in the right way. Yeah, nothing is like they tell you. You can learn all the rules, but then when you get in front of the judge that doesn't follow those rules or, or has his own version of how you're going to do it, what are you going to tell him? You know, you're going to pull the book out, and the judge is going to no, this is the way we're going to do it. So, Yeah, well, this is, we appreciate the great work you're doing. And, and as Liz said, I'm, I'm very much a supporter of North Mississippi Rural Legal Services and, and, and really appreciate that you are taking our students on and uh, helping in our educational process as well. Al, we really appreciate you coming on our show today. Thank you both. So just to remind you, the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services and Mississippi Legal Services have one phone number to call in for assistance. It's 1-800-498-1804. And from where you call, it'll direct you to the appropriate center, North Mississippi or not. And Al has provided his very own desk number. If you want to call and leave a message for him, it's 662-234-2918, extension 2119. The conference on elder law will be in Oxford Friday the 9th at 830. It's free to attend eight hours with lots of different uh, topics covered, but if you are a lawyer or a social worker who need continuing education credits, there is a charge. So sign up. The link will be on our website, or you can go to the nmrls.com. Thanks. This will wrap up for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.